The Gospel reading today is from John 9, uh, reading from verse 1. As he walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with saliva and spread mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. And then he went and washed and came back and was able to see. The neighbours and those who had seen him uh, before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, No, but it's someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, And then how were your eyes opened? He answered them, uh, the man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. And then I went and washed and received my sight. Thanks be to God for his word. Amen. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts and the meditations of our hearts and minds be ever acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. It all feels wrong. It feels wrong to be here in a place designed 209 years ago for people to gather on a Sunday morning. To be here in a place that is empty. There is a palpable sense that something is missing. And that is all of you. It feels especially wrong as the plans were that we would gather here together today to give thanks for the God who tends us like a mother cares for her child, as we were also to give thanks for our mothers this Mothering Sunday and for all who have parented, guided, protected, nurtured and cheered us on our way. The ones who have offered to us the same unconditional love that Christ gives to us. We should be here as a Christian family to celebrate, and instead we find ourselves separated, self-isolated, cut off. So today, we do give thanks as we remember all the mothers and the parents who now face the additional childcare conundrums on top of the fears of job security and health. We give thanks for our mothers and all who have loved us. So on this Mothering Sunday, whether we are mothers ourselves or not, whether we have the opportunity to celebrate with our own mothers or not, we allow ourselves to be surrounded by your love the mothering God who cares, nurtures, feeds and loves us. And so we do say thank you for the joy of human love, brother, sister, parent, child, friends on earth and friends above, for all gentle thoughts and mild, 
Lord of all, to thee we raise our grateful hymn of praise. And yet, we are not all here, and it really feels wrong, baffling, frightening. So many questions are bubbling up. Will we come through the end of this? What shape will our country be in? Will I still have a job? How will I cope on my own? What if I fall ill? How will I get to my next food shop? And maybe we're asking other questions as well. Why is this happening? Why, God, don't you sort it out? Who can I blame? When things get frightening or things happen that we cannot explain, we seek to try and find solutions that help us to navigate the occasionally sheer arbitrary nature of life. Our psalm reading, possibly some of the most famous words in the Bible, will unfortunately be heard with ever greater frequency over the coming months at funeral services up and down the country. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In our gospel reading for today, Jesus and his disciples encounter a blind man. And the disciples become acutely aware of the tragic life that this man has experienced, blind from birth. And so they try to empathise. They try to imagine what it would be like being blind from birth. The level of accommodation. The routines he would have had to have developed. The rota of care from others. Yet also all the things that he would have missed throughout his life. Along with the sense of feeling that he had been a burden. And all the activities excluded from Being blind in the time of Jesus, it would have been expected that his family would have looked after him, and the family would have been expected to have generated enough wealth to have kept you. Otherwise, you would have been turfed out of the family home. For some, if the family had gone as well, then you would have been an outcast, reliant on begging and tugging at others' heartstrings. We read later in the story that fortunately for this man, he does have still some family around to care for him, unlike poor blind Bartimaeus mentioned in Mark chapter 10. But nevertheless, his story of suffering leads the disciples to want answers. How can this terrible thing happen and who is to blame? A popular conception at that time was that the sins of the parents must be transmitted onto their children. How else do you explain the awful predicament that some children have from birth? A failed theological attempt to address the sentiment in Philip Larkin's more graphic poem, This Be the Verse, about what your mums and dads do to you. They fill you with the faults they had and add some extra just for you. Jesus disagrees with that interpretation, that when bad things happen, 
we must need to seek blame. Instead, when bad things happen, he suggests that we need to seek out for that grace and compassion which are so often hard to find when we are bewildered and anxious. Don't blame the parents. They have worked miracles of care, so cut them some slack. Jesus adopts a novel approach. He decides to flout every single aspect of the government's latest hygiene advice. Spitting, face touching, and no hand washing. The chief medical advisor would have a field day. And yet here, in this place of sickness and fear, a person who has walked continuously through the darkest valley finds at first a glimmer of light. He finds hope and healing. Over the coming weeks, there will be some extraordinarily tough things happening. Jobs will be lost. People will go hungry. Many will be sick. Some will die. Our faith, our hope, our compassion are going to take a battering. So in all of this, let us remember that our faith has as its symbol an instrument of death, of hopelessness, of pain. We will walk with Christ on the path to the cross, to the place of unnamed, unknown, unaccountable fears and angst. So we pray that we may remember that we are people of the resurrection, that God's ways are not our ways, and that something new may come out of it all. One of my favourite hymns is a reworking of Psalm 23, and its words have often given me comfort when I have found my faith tested. I hope they may be of some comfort to you this day. O love that wilt not let me go, I rest my weary soul in thee. I give thee back the life I owe, that in thine ocean depths its flow may richer, fuller be. O light that followest all my way, I yield my flickering torch to thee. My heart restores its borrowed ray, that in thy sunshine's blaze its day may brighter, fairer be. O joy that seekest me through pain, I cannot close my heart to thee. I trace the rainbow through the rain, and feel the promise is not vain, that morn shall tearless be. In the order for Compline, the evening prayer ends with this. Come, O Spirit of God, and make within us your dwelling place and home. May our darkness be dispelled by your light, and our troubles calmed by your peace. May all evil be redeemed by your love, all pain transformed through the suffering of Christ, and all dying glorified in his risen life. Grant us your light, O Lord, that the darkness of our hearts being overcome, we may receive the true light, 
even Christ our Saviour. Amen.